Finley's Thoughts is brought to you and made possible by the folks here at Anchor. Um, They don't pay us to say this. We just say it for ourselves. They are free, easy, and able to get your podcast out there to the largest number of people possible. It's really cool that they do this. It's really cool that this service is out there. And it's the reason why we can bring you Season 3, Running the Gauntlet of Finley's Thoughts. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Running the Gauntlet, our mini-series that we are doing here in Finley's Thoughts. This is Finley, your host, along with Walker, my partner in crime. How are you tonight, sir? And a merry good evening, at least for having better weather. Yay! Yeah. Um, As we are recording this, it is the day that Avengers Endgame tickets have gone on sale. <laughs> oh, and Mrs. Walker thanks you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I put up a post on Facebook earlier today saying that tickets had gone on sale. And, and I, uh, yep, I'll yep, tell we, you about them. We, we, we got to six them. <laughs> you, got a, you got a full six pack, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got a six pack for nice. uh, nine o'clock on, I don't know which day now, April something or other. Is it morning or evening? Uh, it's an evening. We're doing morning. Saturday morning we're going, which is fine. Oh, it's, it opens on a Saturday or is it open? No, on it opens Friday? on a Thursday. Oh. It opens on a Thursday. We're seeing okay. it the immediate Saturday. Okay, so yeah, so are we. So are we. Um, I did not have the same experience that a lot of people had, which was pull up their favorite app for download or for uh, buying tickets, and then. Just keep waiting. Uh, oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I had to wait a minute. Now, I had gotten on there early in the day. As soon as I saw – see, the, to give you a little background, Walker, this is what happened. I went to io9, which is one of my favorite science fiction and fantasy news websites uh, for entertainment. And they talked about the fact that a new trailer had premiered today uh, for Avengers Endgame. So I went to go take a look at it. And at the very end, it said tickets on sale now. And at that point, three thoughts went through my head. Oh, shit. Oh, God, I'm glad I got online. (laughs) Oh, shit, thank you. I'm glad I saw this. Oh, shit, thank you. I'm glad I saw this. Oh, fuck, now I got to go see if I can get tickets. (laughs) So that's exactly what I did. I pull up Fandango, I pull up my account, and I go to the Avengers Endgame and click on the day that I wanted to see. But at the same time... I am talking to my wife. Now, my wife and I both worked from home today for our jobs, and I step out of my house. I didn't know you get to work at home. Uh, a couple of days a week. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Um, oh, God, yeah. Speaking from a guy who does it, yes. So I lean my head out of the office. I say, hey, um, Avengers tickets are on sale. What, you know, do you want to try to go our normal time, or do you want to try to go early? She goes, well... She tells me that about some stuff she's doing Friday, which may require her to work a little bit on Saturday and Sunday. And I said, okay, do you want me to try to get tickets for Saturday morning, or do you want me to try to get tickets for earlier than that? She goes, I don't care. Now, any person who's married knows that I don't care means you're oh, the oh, boy. fuck yeah. up, not me. You're, you're, yeah, you're bear trap, bear trap, big, big, sharp bamboo sticks at the bottom. Having been married for three and a half years, I now understand entirely what that means, and therefore I start doing the research. 
But while I'm doing the research, I immediately get brought to this screen on Fandango's app, which I've never seen before. You're on a wait list. Please wait one minute before we bring you in. You don't have to do anything, but you need to leave this screen up so that you can be added as soon as you're uh, off the list. Wow. Now, I've bought movie tickets for years off of Fandango's uh, website and their app. I've never seen that before. But after a minute, it brings me in. And at this point, I'm starting to look at some of my options. Now, one of the options was like 9.50 Friday night. Did you see the runtime on this thing? Three hours, three minutes. Oh, my God. My yeah. ass is going to be sore. <laughs> uh. Not my ass I'm worried about. It's my bladder. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, who can go to a movie theater without a big, a big gallon of, of soda and a, and, a, and a bucket, almost five-gallon bucket of popcorn? Screw that. I'm seated at nine in the morning. I'm going to need a Jeroboam just a coffee. <laughs> um, so after looking at it and after discussing it with her, we ultimately decide 9 a.m. Saturday morning, or 9.50, excuse me, 9.50, that's important. Um we will go see it. That's important for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's the first showing Saturday morning, and it's the first showing that we can get two tickets together, not in the immediate front row. So we're set. Our tickets are done, and I put the post out there on Facebook. And it's over the course of the next few hours that I see my friends start to post, I got my Avengers tickets. Yes, I got my Avengers tickets. <laughs> And at this point, I realize I've done my community service for the day. So Mrs. Walker got them as well, I understand. Yep, yep, she did. Did it. And apparently I'm to thank for this. Uh, well, she mentioned to thank you for letting her know it was there and mm-hmm. available. Well, I'm glad to have been able to help. Um, this oh, God. Is- I saw a uniform thing. What the hell is that? Oh, get off the page. Get off the page. Uh, what did you just see? Uh, Captain America standing in some sort of like freaking don't, don't, no, battle no, no, armor. No. What the hell is this? Bad Walker. Bad Walker. Where, where's the stars and stripes, you dick? No, there's a reason for it. I'm sure there is. There's a reason for it. Just remember, there's always a reason for it. Mm. Um, yeah, they better be carting his ass off to space or something. Oh, wait. Okay. <laughs> and thus Walker figured it out. Now, <laughs> that was the, that was Tony that was Tony Stark in in, in Iron Man 3. Go fix something. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Which by the way, um nope, we're going to wait two episodes from now we're talking about Iron Man 3. We'll talk about it then. I I know, okay. Yeah. All right. But uh, I'm going to tell you about a little less successful venture I've been having for the last few days before we get started onto the two episodes or the two movies. Oh, that Bitcoin thing didn't work out for you, huh? No, 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 not Bitcoin. I don't have any investment in any of that <laughs> shit. Screw that hippie crap. <laughs> hippie crap. That's right. Damn hippie. dirty hippie's going to ruin the world. Now, I uh, two weeks ago got a new phone for my job. And it's my first time I've had a cell phone for my job. Now, this means two things. Number one, I'm tethered, uh, which I'm okay with for now. Welcome to it, man. Embrace yep. the tether. 
I don't mind it. Feel the chain around your wrist. I don't mind it, especially if I can figure out how to get call forwarding set up for it so I don't have to carry two phones all the freaking time. But I digress. When I got the phone, the day before, I had gone to Five Below with my wife. Now, if you don't know what Five Below is, it's one of those discount stores that everything is below $5. Teachers love this place because it's full of a bunch of tchotchkes and other crap that they love to get for their students. Tchotchkes. You just just used an office space reference. (laughs) Damn straight. They have pieces of flair. Oh, oh, hell. Oh, hell. One of the things Uh, that they have. What's that? Mike Judge. Yes. Oh, hell, Mike Judge. Damn straight. One of the things they have, especially for King of the Hill, is. uh, Never watched it, oddly enough. Go on. Oh, man. We have to rectify that. Um, But that's a different subject. I'll follow. <laughs> uh, I picked up an inexpensive phone case and I picked up a screen protector. Both were $5. Now, the rule on screen protectors, ladies and gentlemen, that I give you at this point is you get what you pay for. And sure enough, I had a $5 screen protector. It started bubbling up in two days. <laughs> so I decided I was going to find a better but, case but, to look but, but, but see, see, this is where your experience with using Apple products has limited you. No, 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 no. I, I understand, and I'm going to get to this. Oh, okay. Now, I knew from the butt-ton of ads I've seen for this product <laughs> on Facebook and none of the other things that there are now what's called magnetic absorption cases where rather than have to wrap your phone in this thing, it's a hard case, and in this case with um, uh, tempered glass on the front and back that locks around um, your phone. Standard. Yes. Locks around your phone via magnet. So it's a magnet band around it with little mini magnets and stuff. Locks in a place. Doesn't affect my phone's capabilities. Doesn't affect anything. And I can protect my phone. And it's a thin case. And it's pretty nice. I bought one for my iPhone. And I bought one for this other phone, the work phone. One for the iPhone has worked other phone. The man's got a Samsung and he calls it the other phone. The work phone. The bat phone. How about we call it that? Bat phone. Which is actually oddly appropriate, but I digress. Well, then you um, should put the Batman symbol on it. I maybe. Um, the black one or the gold one? See, I'm a gold person. Well, d- d- details. Let's focus. That's why we're trying to keep this limited. Um, the case that I got for the bat phone, uh, the screen was not working nearly as well. So I was like, all right, this isn't. This doesn't make me happy, I'll, but I'll return it. I'll get my money back because I got it through Amazon. Uh, filed the order to return for the Amazon, and I go and I find a different case. And I was like, all right, I'll just get a different case. That'll take care of this, and I'll be fine. Money comes back to me from Amazon as soon as I mail the first one back. I mean, it's like an hour and a half. Like I drop it off at the UPS store, and an hour and a half later, I've got the money back in my account, which is awesome. So – I order a second case, and I get it. The damn thing doesn't even fit around the bat phone. It's it's like just ever so slightly too small, and it's annoyingly so. And I'm like, I can almost get it around it just to – nope, never mind. Not going to happen. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, all right, fuck it. I'm not getting one of the magnetic cases. I'm just going to get an inexpensive other case. So I order this other case. 
It's wonderful. I see it in blue. I, I make the choice, Samsung 9 Plus case. Move on. Get the case in today. Take the internal cover off of the screen protector, and I put it around my phone. Why is it so big? Now, you may have heard me mention the word plus in there. <laughs> Samsung 9 Plus. Plus. Uh, yes, yes. A yes. larger phone than the yeah. Samsung 9 that I have. By an, a factor of about an inch and a half diagonal. My wife says, because this happened today, she heard me scream from the other room, you have got to be fucking kidding me. And then started laughing. <laughs> that case is also on its way back. I assume I brought it to the UPS store as soon as my day ended. Got my money back for it already. I have another case, this one, the same model that I just picked up, except it's for the 9 and not the 9 Plus. I, I, I did a better job this time of reading, and I should have it tomorrow. <laughs> That's been my day. <laughs> See, and, and it's because of the gymnastics you went through that I generally, when I buy a cover, if I buy a cover, I like to go and buy it at an actual store. Well, here's the reason why I didn't. Just to get a screen protector would have cost me at Amazon, not Amazon, at Best Buy, minimum $40 plus $10 to have them installed so I wouldn't have bubbles. I was not about to pay 50 bucks for that. Mm. I'd rather go through this hell with uh, Amazon. I, 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 oh, well... Uh, I, I at one time did buy the, you know, the $45, $50, uh, Griffin, uh, I don't know, not Defender, uh, Otterbox. Uh, no, not Otterbox, Otterbox. No, actually I could probably find it. It's, um, I don't know. The outside of it looks, I always thought it looked like a tire. It's very big. But yeah. it's supposed to protect. And I, I, I used it. Uh, I even had the belt clip. I was, I was so, so nerdy. Oh, God, you went the complete goober package. Yeah, yeah. As Bill yeah, Ingvall yeah. puts it. Yes, and, uh, uh, and then discovered that, you know, that wasn't working. It didn't fit into any holder. It, it you know, it was a brick. And, and, and so, you know, I would do things like, you know, okay, I'm not going to be outside for a while, so I won't, I won't, I won't put it in the case. I'll just carry it normal. And then I fucking broke it anyway. So, uh, but you, 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 you put on a, a cover. No, what you don't know is that Samsung buys Gorilla Glass. You've got Gorilla Glass on that baby. That's great. And, and. And you're kind of applying the science of, of how to protect an, an Apple product that does not have shatterproof glass. And you, you, it, it, it's, it's common knowledge that the Apple doesn't have it. And generally, when I look down at a kid or, or even a young adult or, Christ, even somebody as old as me, 70% of the time that screen's cracked. <laughs> I see more more Apple products running around cracked, and yet the Androids I have owned I don't know how many, and the one time I did crack it, all I did was take a chip out of the corner. Well, so I, I think putting a 
piece of protectant on your on your glass is kind of over wrapping it, you know? Well, I would like to make sure that my phone, as it is important to me and my job, and as they may charge me if I ever break it, and I don't want to run that risk. They never do. They I don't know that. I, I would rather protect phone my phone. supplied to me for almost 10 years now. Well, <laughs> never I would had rather, to buy one. I would rather have my phone protected in a suit of armor. Which brings us, funnily <laughs> enough, to oh! our first movie. <laughs> You've been holding that one. For about a minute and a half, <laughs> and you wouldn't shut up. So... <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man 2 is our first movie tonight, folks. This one was released in 2010, uh, directed again by John Favreau. They brought him back after the, after the success of Iron Man 1. Uh, the primary cast in this one is Robert Downey Jr., Gwyneth Paltrow, Don Cheadle taking Yay! over the role of Terrence Howard. Don, the big Don, I like him. Yep. Mickey Rourke, Sam Rockwell, and John Favreau himself. Uh, hey, uh, oh, oh, you buried the lead. What's Scarlet? What's she's Scarlet? she's not considered main cast. She's supporting cast on this one. Um, summary of the movie. After revealing his identity of Iron Man to the world, Tony Stark must face the consequences of his family's actions in the form of Ivan Vanko, a man who blames the Stark family for his misfortune. Meanwhile, Tony must deal with challenges from the government, competitors, and his own health. Now. Palladium. Yeah. Now, we do have a Stanley cameo in this one. He is Larry King. It's at the very, very beginning of the movie. <laughs> he looks stunned that he was actually called that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do have several first oh. appearances in this movie. Well, you also have the cameo drops. I mean, you've got Larry, whatever his name is. Larry Ellison, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah he was there's in a there. few of those. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't, Oracle... he the one that said, wasn't he the one that said, hey, I got an idea for an electric, electric jet? Yes. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Uh, which, by the way, Oracle gets mentioned in there, which is like, oh, so that's over. why they got Larry. And over, and over, yeah, and over. Um, several first appearances in this one. Um, Don mm-hmm. Cheadle takes over the role of Rhodey uh, and War Machine going forward. Natasha mm-hmm. Romanoff is brought in as the Black Widow. Uh, we will be talking about her quite a bit. John Slattery takes over the role of Howard Stark in this movie. The War Machine armor makes its first appearance here. We get Iron Man armors Mark 4 through 6. Um, Senator Stern t- makes his first appearance in here. Oh, Stern, that's right. Yes, and we uh, will talk uh, about him. Oh, okay. Uh, Peter Parker officially makes his first appearance in here. He will later, of course, become Spider-Man. And finally, we'll talk about it. Well, I, I didn't find that little nugget. What, what the hell? I'll talk about that. <laughs> I'll talk about that in a little bit. Mjolnir is the final item that makes its first appearance in Iron Man 2. Mjolnir. Mjol. Yeah, yeah, I love that. We'll talk. <laughs> That's a Thor mention. <laughs> um, our villains in this movie are Ivan Vanko, who portrays Whiplash, or is Whiplash, <sighs> and Justin Hammer. Um, which I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that first. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, I love Sam Rockwell though. as weird and, and, and odd ball, uh, uh, actor. He likes to take really odd roles. He's, he's, and, and I mean, wow. You know, I, 
picking him, that was awesome. I love Sam Rockwell. Justin Hammer's an idiot. <laughs> there is no other way to put it. He is an idiot and too much so to be reasonably expected to be in charge of a company. He is horrible at no, controlling anything. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I thought he was right on the mark. Oh, no. I think he's a great character, but I think he's an idiot. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, and and but I have seen such idiots in corporate America. Sorry. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. I want to mention one thing, though, and it's about the villains on this one. Uh-huh. Neither villain is that great at their job of being a villain. Ivan Venko's underwritten, first of all, and he's not a great villain overall. It's it's not quite as bad as the the villains, the mirror of the hero. Um, and Vengeance is always a great storyline. There's just not a whole lot to him. And Mickey Rourke, God bless him, just doesn't play him with a whole lot of nuance. It's there's just not I, a whole lot there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't understand Mickey York. Uh, uh, Mickey, oh, sorry, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, Mickey Rourke. And I, I, well, he had just had a career resurgence. That's one thing to know about this. This was a this was a popularity uh, hire to bring in Mickey Rourke. He had just had the wrestler come out and had had a huge amount of success with that. So that's why he's he in got this. he got into extreme extreme uh, boxing, didn't he? Boxing, bodybuilding, yeah. He, uh, Mickey, Mickey saw the go. The, go find him in the early '90s, and then look at look at him now and go. Whoa, hell, look at him. Whoa, whoa, look whoa, at him in diner. Yes, yeah, perfect, perfect in diner. Diner, early '80s, uh, nine and a half weeks. Uh, both of those movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, there are parts uh, what of was the other, What was the one? Uh, Wild Orchid. What was the one? Uh, no, he wasn't in Orchid. Wild Orchid. Yeah, he was in that. Uh, was Wild or- Orchid with, uh, what's her, name? Uh, what's her name from the Cosby show? No, 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 no. You're talking about Angel Heart. Yeah, that's yeah. That's the one movie. I think of. And oh. That is a fucked <laughs> up movie. <laughs> that's one of those surprise movies that I can't watch now. Not that I really want to, but because of the way it ended. Surprise! Um, <clears throat> ends with a bang, ladies and gentlemen, but we're going to move uh, on. Ah! Um, this movie is entirely about people making dumbass decisions. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. In through the entirety of this movie, people consistently make dumbass decisions, and it's the folks that make good decisions throughout that make it that looks so much better as a result. Um, let's start with with example number 1 with a bullet, Tony Stark. Tony is making some dumb Dumb fucking decisions in this movie from the beginning. And um, my wife and I were watching this, and she's, she was talking about the fact that it's very clear Tony's trying to cement a legacy because he thinks he's dying. But he's not telling anybody he thinks he's dying. People figure it out. People learn about it. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D., that, that whole storyline with S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually one of the better ones in the movie. Um Shield sends in somebody to observe him and to see what needs to be done about him, to see if there's anything that they can do to help, which they do. And that's in the form of Natalie Rushman, who ends up being Natasha Romanoff, the Black mm-hmm. Widow. Yeah. Uh, um, what did you think of Scarlett Johansson in this movie? 
Well, um, it threw me off the red, uh, all the red curly locks. I mean, they were going for a comic book representative there instead of her actual hair, which is blonde straight. Now, I didn't actually know who Scarlett Johansson was at the time. I hadn't seen Ghost Whisperer. There was no reason I was gonna, because um, that's kind of what made her mark. I think she did that one a couple of years before this. Um, then, and she was this little thing. I mean, you know, standing up to John Favreau in, a, in, in the boxing ring. Oh, that's great. Oh, my God. Five foot nothing to his, you know, six foot one. And, <laughs> and, and so you found it a little unbelievable that she does this weird spin. And I backed that sucker up uh, and, and did it many times and went, that one is a sorry you're breaking some laws of physics. Therefore, you're on a rope swing thing, and that's what's happening, and they blocked it out. Because well, there's there no is, way she can uh, pull that spin. I hate to tell you this. There is actually some basis in truth for that. That move is called a Hurricane Rana. It is, uh, it is part and parcel with wrestling, Mexican wrestling in particular. Now, your mileage may vary, of course, as far as thinking how real that could be in there. But it is based on that, and it's apparently a legitimate move that can actually work. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't see any real, like, you know, like the legs, like, bending right to, to energize herself mm-hmm. into, a, into a, you know, 180-degree spin. Uh, so, well, anyway, but, I mean, that's just the one thing. Um I, I, so I'm looking at all the wrong stuff in this movie. I mean, uh, you know, just in that scene of where you, you, you first meet Natalie Rushman, uh, and, 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 and Stark sits down and, and he's about to give away his company and, you know, he's, he's like, Oh, I want one of those. Now, what I want is the tabletop that he uses that he suddenly taps on and he's suddenly getting everything he wants on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that in every every freaking place in the house. And so, you know, no and, shit. <laughs> well, uh, you know, going in further, getting away from Natalie in the technology section. Well, wait a minute. We'll come back to technology. How's that? Maybe make a note that I uh, that some of Let's the tech go. that I wish we had from this. But anyway, so you know, at first you were like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, uh, you know, and. The the cat suit she wore, which I've been reading a, a few details on it, that 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 cat cat suit, <laughs> yeah, the stuff cat, she wore, the stuff she wore even scared her. She's like, how the hell am I supposed to move in this thing? <laughs> oh no, I believe it. It's it's comics accurate, but it's not realistically uh, easy to move around. And I suppose would be the best way to put it. Um, let's back well, up a little bit. bit about, well, you said about about some of the script elements to it, didn't you? I mean, you were talking about some of the plot elements of why they weren't certain strong things. So, so in uh, IMDB under their trivia for it, they, they, there's a quote for, or well, a a reference here that John Favreau had a lot of friction with Marvel higher ups due to their constant intervention that they were having him rewrite the script as the film was still being shot. Okay. I'm glad you mentioned that this movie is in dire need of a story editor. And yeah. a script editor. Yeah, um, they, they, they need script magic. I mean, uh, you know, uh, uh, think of uh, the, the the script repairers out there. Um, uh, 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 Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher. Carrie yeah. Fisher. You know, she was she was one of those. Well, the script was written by Justin Theroux, 
Uh, now he's written a bunch of other stuff, and he's well known to be a, de- a decent and solid writer. Uh, he's also a pretty good actor nowadays too. Um, but this movie, to me, felt like okay. People love the little asides that Robert Downey Jr. had in the first movie, and how he sounded so glib and stuff like that. Let let's make him all that. Um, I didn't feel like Tony had a regression in this movie. I do feel like he's definitely riding high on a combination of ego and you know uh, facing death and things like that. Um, but as far as the actual scripting and as far as actually the words that were said, it just all the time I felt like they could have tightened things up and maybe gone with a little bit more of actual scripting than what I felt was coming along. Um I've thought this since the first time I saw the movie, that it just felt a little too loose with that. It felt like an improv class a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and and don't get me wrong. Downey's really good at that normally. But he's got to have a little bit of control put in there. There's got to be a little bit of that, and there's got to be the things that that help with it. It's just I can use little asides – but not an entire movie of it. And that's where this movie kind of suffered uh, for me. Now, I will say this. Um, one of the good examples of the movie or um, of what's going on with it is that first, I would say 20 minutes of it are great. That shot of Vanko watching the I Am Iron Man press conference mm-hmm. leading into the um, the – Senate hearing. The Senate hearing, I thought, actually was really good, and it serves multiple purposes. It shows, number one, the world is very much aware of what Tony Stark has done. Uh, It shows just how smart Tony actually is to be that far ahead of everybody, including the guy who's trying to testify against him at the moment. Uh, It does a great job of introducing Rhodey again. And I love the little, look, I'm here. Let's not talk about this. Let's just move forward. <laughs> Let's move forward. As in, all right, yeah. yeah. Just get it out the way. Yeah. What, what was it? What was it? Stark said, I'm surprised to see you here. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of, there, there were some in jokes uh, or subtle, very subtle subtext. Now, I will say this. Um, both of these movies today have a theme to them that I didn't expect to see, but it definitely comes out. And that's sometimes the villain's right. Now, in this case, Justin Hammer was right. Tony cannot and does not see the future threats that are coming. Now, we know the long game threats, Thanos, things like that, the Chitari. But even in this movie, they make a great job of uh, do a great job of making the case that Tony's riding high and he needs to be a little more vigilant. And he's not doing that. And that's that plays out really well with the race scene later on. Tony doesn't see that coming, Does can't expect to see it coming, has no idea because he doesn't know all the information. And that's where the S.H.I.E.L.D. scene later on with uh, Nick Fury comes into play so well. But Justin Hammer is right. You know, I said earlier, Justin Hammer's an idiot, but this is one of those moments where he's absolutely correct. And it's just interesting that that actually played out here. Wow. I didn't see it that deeply. Apparently, I wasn't looking. Mm. Well, it, it doesn't help, though, that, like I said, Hammer's an idiot. But <laughs> Hammer's also a great – the best way I can put this is 
Hammer's the Tony Stark we'd likely get in the real world. Tony's everything Hammer wants to be and can't be. Justin Hammer's the Tony Stark we're likely to get. And if you don't believe me, take a look at what Elon Musk has been doing the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Let's talk about that race uh, scene a little bit. I thought Uh, that specifically which race scene? Uh, the race scene where Whiplash is introduced and he and Iron Man fight for the first time. Oh, okay. That's what you mean by race. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. So we've got a couple different things going on here. Number one, um, Tony's trying to get away from Justin and former Vanity Fair writer Christine, uh, which was nice to see her brought back. But at the same time, I still feel like she's kind of a wasted character. Uh, that could have uh, well, been a lot again, more. again, that was that that was that was target practice. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, you know, oh yeah, she did a fair spread on me too. No, yes. No. Yeah. Um, Tony's still freaking out about what we're seeing is blood toxicity issues coming from the arc reactor in his chest. We know that it's because of the palladium. Uh, they do a good job of spelling that out. Um. And so he's taking more risks. He's doing more things that he shouldn't. Tony's got a bit of a death wish. He just doesn't give a shit. He's giving away stuff at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Just you know, just uh, the 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 uh, he gave like some three hundred million dollar art collection to the Boy Scouts of America. Yes. <laughs> He gives that away. He gives away the business to Pepper, makes her the president, gives away a suit of armor to Rhodey, and they even make a point of that. You they, could have they stopped. Make, yeah, yeah, you can't tell me you don't have safeguards built into your suits. Well, Some I have more thoughts on do that. that. Too. Yeah, no, okay. Um, but we see the first example of consequences of your actions play out in this fight scene. Tony's race, not his, but, but it's unfortunately, it's not the, it's not the consequences that Tony is facing are not his. This is true. Um, and they're not really the Stark family consequences. Vanko's family is in the condition they're in because of his father. His father did some things he shouldn't have done, but he doesn't know this. He, you know, of course he's the loving son. So he blames Howard Stark and sees the opportunity to damage the Stark legacy by going after Tony. How do you go after Tony? You go after his tech. And sure enough, he builds a little mini arc reactor to power the whiplash suits. Um, I thought, well, he he builds it because Vanko had, had a copy of the designs. Yep. I thought that the fight between whiplash and Iron Man was pretty good. I love the suitcase suit. Mark five. Oh, I love the Mark V. Yeah, um, the Mark V. Yeah. Little inside uh, thing on that. Um, I love the fact that it's apparently so easy to carry. Happy's carrying that thing around and throwing it around, so it's got to be lightweight. But it takes a beating <laughs> in that, and I just love that. And it's the first example of a portable suit for Tony. Right. That he doesn't have to get strapped into, doesn't have to get bolted on things like that and i just thought that was really cool well cool yes i think i i i found it like you know on the category of well okay yeah this is supposed to be suspension of belief i mean come on you can't have something that lightweight 
and that well protected. It, I didn't find any. It, it, this is my problem with any super character. Mm-hmm. Is is we don't have the limitations set right. I mean, I, I I found it great that they were limiting things. That you know, Tony Stark is still human. He is still fighting human the human condition. He's got this the, this thing in his chest that he built out of palladium because that's what one he had on hand and two he thought it was going to work out and now it's poisoning him because it because the energy is decaying the product. Uh, and 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 I, I went wow boy the physics on that are actually pretty on the, on the on the mark and yeah. okay Tony, Tony Stark has a limitation and then he puts on the suitcase suit and takes a beating and a half and you kind of go with now oh, wait a minute why doesn't he just carry that damn thing all the time why 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 isn't you know every car got one that he can just go oh oh zip 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 up oh, I'm here well two things number one the suitcase suit does come from the comics uh that's yes, that's something yes, that they, i remember that yeah and number two he kind of does going forward you know it's not exactly the suitcase suit going forward but a lot of his suits are much easier to store and get in and out of from this point on uh and if you look at that you don't see a whole lot of the bolt-in suits anymore in fact right. in the next movie that tony's in uh, it's the last real appearance of one of those bolt-in suits. After that, it folds around him. He can step in and out of it. Yes, yes. It's a great evolution, and it starts with the suitcase suit. And I know that this is not a big deal per se, but if you're a tech head or something like that, or if you just want to see, if you want to see a design evolution, you know, nobody wants to see the same car in a series of movies over and over and over and over and over again. You know, the bandit changed his cars every movie. Um, you, you don't want to see Tony Stark riding the same uniform every time. Fast and Furious. Always yeah. the same Dodge. Always the same Dodge. Well. Yeah. They taught him how to drive that one, and that's all he learned from there on out. Um, Ghost uh, Night Rider. Sorry. They evolved that car, though. <laughs> it took him three seasons to do it. Yeah. And then they put in some st- – uh, never mind. Let's not even get on that. No. Oh my God. Um, so Tony's actions are getting that more and more. That was my mistake of watching, uh, 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 watching Guardians of the Galaxy 2 yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. No, I <laughs> yes. I got to tell um, you about that. <laughs> maybe, maybe – well, I'll try to keep it for when we, we get to Guardians. But some, of the, notes, fe- we'll... so, some of the featurettes on Voodoo that are there are, oh, yeah. uh, are just oh, yeah. unbelievably <laughs> – <laughs> funny so Sorry. back to this movie oh yeah that's right tony's getting more and more uh um reckless and it comes to a head at his any birthday other party bad ideas and then he goes on a car race yeah yeah <laughs> uh it comes to a head at the uh birthday party where we get a little tease of the demon in a bottle storyline which could have been its own movie in and of itself, but that would have been a depressing as hell movie. I don't need Iron Man, you know, leaving Las Vegas. Um, <laughs> but you get teases of it, and then you get the first time Rhodey puts on a suit. The Gallagher! Now, Sorry. Yeah. Now, about that suit. <laughs> Simple physics dictate that that suit had to have been built for Rhodey. And... Why? Because he stood stood a good four inches above uh, uh, Tony Stark. That's one. <laughs> and two, 
he had a really good grip on how to control it. All of a sudden, he, he yeah, never having worn it comes in and goes and goes toe to toe. Mm-hmm. And in Iron Man three, we see the Mark II again. So, you know, the Mark II was on the shelf with the in the Hall of Armor, and so we it, it's it's got to have been built for him. And my thought is build him a test bed so he learns how to fly it in case there's ever anything that goes on. And sure enough, Rhodey takes it over, puts on the suit. They have the fight, which is actually a decent little fight. Yeah. Um, it's pretty damn good. And it feels angry but, and it feels yes. raw. And and it shows that Tony Stark knows what he's doing. He's using all of the elements of the suit to make him a harder fighter. Mm-hmm. But Rhodey does have fight experience being uh, uh, Army. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. Air Force. Uh, but, I mean, you, you you see, you can see where, you know, Rhodey is, is you know, using the swing of the, the, and the whole machine of the suit. Meanwhile, Tony is using his repulsors to be able to provide a hell of a bigger kick or, yeah. or a hit or whatever. And then, of course, well, the final culmination of the whole all battle. Yep. Which leads to the voice of reason coming into this movie and the grown up in the room, Nick Fury. Nick <laughs> Fury makes his first appearance about halfway through the movie. Um, brings in shield, brings in resources, including information from Howard Stark. Uh, I, this is one of those I, cases. Clethamol, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That's going to take the edge off it. Yep. Uh, we learn about Black Widow's true nature. Uh, we learn why she's there, what she's doing. <laughs> Great greeting. Uh, you're fired? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we learn that there is a secret that Tony's not aware of. And it comes from his father. And if he wants to learn what it is, he's going to have to look and do research. And sure enough... Uh, it happens. And Tony gets this message from beyond the grave, this monologue from Howard, which I thought was really great. Um, I was really, I was really pleased with how that all played out. That father to son bonding moment that Tony never had in life or never felt he had in life. Mm -hmm. Um, from there, Tony goes to Stark enterprises has what is one of the most awkward scenes in the movie? The uh, conversation with Pepper in the office. I just felt like it was really awkward, really kind of unpleasant to watch. But he sees the Stark Expo stuff, which we haven't even talked about the Stark Expo stuff. Uh, sees the Stark Expo layout, realizes it's meant to demonstrate a new element, goes home, builds himself a cyclotron, apparently. Uh, mm-hmm. Makes this new what element. Was fra- what, what, what was the phrase when he when he when he's analyzing it? Gone twenty years, and the old man is still taking me to school to to to, to school. school school. Yeah, to school. Been dead twenty years. The old man is still taking me to school. Which shows you Howard Howard Stark was a hell of a lot smarter. Yes, Howard Stark is by the way a great secondary character in all of these stories. I actually really like the character of Howard Stark. Um. And if you haven't seen 
the Agent Carter series where they expand upon Howard a little bit, yeah. I would recommend watching it. It's a little campy, but it was fun. A little, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, speaking but, but, of, but they treaded into areas that in that time period, mm-hmm. no way. I mean, you oh, know. yeah. Um, speaking of great secondary characters, I, I, I want to take a moment to give a little bit of honor to Gary Shandling as Senator Stern. <laughs> what a great, he's great. What a great douchebag character that is. Especially when you get all the way down. Oh, the payoff is wonderful. Yes, yeah, yeah. Hail Hydra. Well, and you spoiled it. (laughs) I thought we agreed. Everybody's already watched the movie. This is true. This is true. (laughs) Yeah, when you find out he's an agent of Hydra, it it actually makes this first scene all the better. It makes the whole whole congressional uh, 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 subcommittee scene suddenly makes sense because mm-hmm. he's got this piece of, of, of hardware and Hydra can't get their fingers into it. Nope. And they know it exists because they knew who, who Howard was and you know, that stuff. Yeah. Um, no, Shanling is just wonderful. And seeing him play against, uh, Robert Downey Jr. is an actual treat in the movie. Uh, I, I do love, the ending as well when he comes back at the very end uh talking about the little <laughs> prick and stuff like that before we get to that we do return to the stark expo um i love the fact that people talk about how the stark expo is a stupid thing to do throughout the whole thing it's like why are you doing this it's a tribute to your ego and it's just no this this makes sense with tony this just totally makes sense <laughs> sure sure to, be, to believe that, you know, he's funding the whole thing himself for a whole year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a year-long expo. Uh, I, you know, going back to the expo and how they introduced the expo, I thought it was a funny tidbit that here, you know, Iron Man, he's using Iron Man as a marketing piece. Shame on him. Yep. He's using Iron Man as a marketing piece. Dives out the the back end of a of of a was it, helicopter doesn't really matter, and is you know free falling and and kind of you know razzing around and then gets hit by his own fireworks. Yeah, <laughs> chunk out, you know. <laughs> um, it's 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 good. It's it's the first dumbass decision we see. Like I said, in a series of dumbass decisions. Yes, yeah, and one of the worst ones. I'm going to backtrack to this a little bit. The fight with Rhodey, like I said, is pretty good, but that is a dumbass move by Rhodey to have that fight. And, and my wife was the one who actually pointed all this out. She says, this is her stuff. He's never used the suit before to our knowledge. Now, I still argue that he had to have had that suit before then. Uh, the fight puts him in a bad light if Tony went to the press. Now, this is the reason for that. He's military. He's stealing uh, hardware. non-military hardware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they they were building around it. I mean, the military was threatening to as as Rhodey described mm-hmm. it before. They're going to roll up PCH and just take this this whole thing, you know, away from you. In caboodle, yeah. Which you could find out later is like, yeah, I don't think that would have worked just the way they thought it was. He had five active suits. Yep. 
and and you're absolutely right. It's one of those things where it's like, ah, that could end badly. Um, so we get back to the Stark Expo. We see the hammer droids being <laughs> tested, which I know. <laughs> I'm defending a hammeroid attack. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, by the way, is where Peter Parker premieres. It is confirmed in yeah. interviews later on in the real I world. Fi- I, fi- I finally found that. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Peter Parker is the young boy in the Iron Man helmet who holds up the toy uh, repulsor. repulsor to a hammer droid and gets saved by Tony. Yeah, yeah. Now, I would love for them to mention that somewhere in the movies to make it true canon uh, at some point. But Mr. But, Stark, come on, I was there! Yeah. <laughs> Um, Tony and you you dumb idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Tony and Rhodey have their makeup. Uh, they save the day. Hammer gets arrested. Uh, Tony and pepper admit their feelings for each other. Uh, Rhodey takes off with war machine. Two seals fighting for a grape or something like that. That was a great great, line. Awesome line. Um, I also love the fact that, yeah, my car was destroyed, so I'm taking this suit. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I didn't ask, actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we then move to Tony being interviewed by Nick Fury regarding working for the Avengers Initiative. We learn that he is denied as an Tony, Avenger. Tony Stark denied. Right. Iron Man desired. Yeah. Um, we also learn when this movie takes place. Now, we know the movie takes place about, I think it's a year after Iron Man 1, if I remember right. It's either six months or a year. But at the same time that that interview is going on, we are seeing live footage of the attack on the college campus that was covered in The Incredible Hulk. Uh-huh. So Tony goes from this scene where he's offered a consultancy and apparently takes it. <laughs> to the scene in the bar waving where he approaches customary, his customary fee, waving his fee. Yes. To the scene in the bar in the in the Incredible Hulk where he uh, challenges Ross. So that tells you where that oh, takes place. Oh, I never put that together. Yep. Um. So at the end of the movie, we have one in credit scene, and this is a really important one. Uh, maybe, honestly, and I say this seriously, the most important one of the first series of movies. Because with the first shot of Mjolnir, the age of Marvel really begins. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you've had these there, little... There wasn't, there wasn't a lot of references going on until they brought, brought in S.H.I.E.L.D. There wasn't a lot of, of, of references you could look to. Okay, now you know that that was Spider-Man. That wasn't confirmed right away. Nope. Uh, you know, you only knew that there were six suits. Uh, okay, Rhodey's face changed a little. They made a reference, though, that you don't know about until much, much, much later about the pilot of the Hammer version of the Iron Man suit. Uh, who, who the quote was uh, uh, the, that 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 by the way that test pilot survived. Yeah, well, that's the test pilot for Doctor Strange. Yeah, that he is consi- he was considering. Um, wasn't he taking over? That? He was considering looking into and perhaps trying to save this man's back 
just prior to him rolling that beautiful car, whatever it was. Yeah. I got more to say about Dr. Strange because I got lots on that one. Oh, I know. You're looking forward to that. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Age of Marvels does begin with this end credit scene and with the next movie. Uh, that movie is Thor. Now, Thor was released in 2011, directed by Kenneth Branagh. Branagh? Kenneth Branagh. I never said his name right. I always thought it was just Branagh. No, Branagh, I think is correct. Uh, main cast on this one, Chris Hemsworth, Anthony Hopkins, Tom Hiddleston, Natalie Portman, and Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, now that one. I didn't know that guy until I started looking a little bit more. He was, even at that time, around a long time. He's technically legendary yes. for, because of things like Hunt for Red October. That one blew me away when I bumped into that little nugget. He's in that. He's in Goodwill Hunting. He did a bunch of European movies. Yeah, he speaks He speaks fluent Swiss, I think. Yes. Um, his son is an actor as well. I, I never. I mean, I knew they had the same names. I never really researched that they were. I, I suspected, but I never knew. Cool. Father and son. Um, brief summary on this one: The God of Thunder proves himself unworthy of the power of Thor and is banished to Earth, where he meets an astrophysicist named Jane Foster and her teammates. Meanwhile, Thor's brother Loki hatches a plan to take over the nine realms in Thor's absence. Now, Stanley's cameo in this one is that of a truck driver, and it's one of the. I think it's the first one where he speaks, right? I think so. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, he says "Wow." He says "Wow" in Incredible Hulk. He's he's a he's a he's a New Mexican hillbilly almost. Yes. Trying trying to pull with his big, you know, dually uh, 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 pickup truck, and he's trying to pull on the hammer, and it rips off the whole bed of the truck. That's cool. Uh, a butt ton of first appearances in this movie. Oh God. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just Let's about talk everybody. about it. Here's the list. All right. Who, who are you going to start with? Thor, the God of Thunder. Okay. Loki. Yes. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I couldn't talk more about him if I wanted to. Uh, Jane, Jane Foster. Yeah. Odin. Frigga. Dr. Anakin, Eric Selvig. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> Sith and the Warriors 3, Heimdall, Agent nope. Jasper Sidwell, Ooh. Agent Clint Barton, also known as Hawkeye. Uh, let's see. Uh, Heimdall, Asgard, the Bifrost, and most importantly for the long game, the Tesseract. Miss Coulson. Coulson previously appeared first in Iron Man. Oh, you're right. Yep. Uh, villains in this movie are Loki, technically, uh, the Frost Giants, and the Destroyer. I would have also said that the enemy for a little while is is Shield themselves. I I understand that. I can't really call them a villain in this movie, but I can say they're an antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> Poke it with a stick. Yes. Yeah, I know. Um. So first off, this is a movie that gets directed by Kenneth Branagh, who at that point was known for many different things, but also kind of being the go-to guy if you wanted Shakespearean drama done well. He'd already, and, done, he'd already done Potter by then, hadn't he? 
he had done Potter at this point as well, yeah, so he had some yeah. sci-fi and fantasy cred. Now, I'm going to tell you this. As Shakespearean drama, the movie works really well. But, <laughs> but, later movies show how much of a missed opportunity we had with this movie. Um, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston are comedically incredibly strong and we mm-hmm. don't get any of yeah. that here yeah at all. yeah i mean when you see those two working together uh you, you know hiddleston was strong in this i thought he was oh he's uh, great he, he he really got his hands around evil um and 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 that subtlety of 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 being one step ahead and and everything this is the movie where Loki really earned his adoration uh, from from everybody. And to be fair, it's all because of Hiddleston's performance. He knocks yes. it out. Oh, if anybody, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm leading a little bit, but I mean, if if you if if you've caught the YouTube uh, video of Hiddleston uh, at a comic con in L.A., yes, standing up and just taking on the persona of Loki in front of the fans. He owned the room for three minutes. He is owned charismatic it. as hell, isn't he? Oh God! And I've seen him in, in in several you know other work. I've actually gone to like oh he was in this program. I'm I'm trying to think of what it was. It was uh oh well it was it was with Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh uh, in a in one of those one of those detective stories he was in the Night Manager or something. No 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 he was in the Night Manager, which by the way. I recommend to anybody. Yeah, no, you Kenneth, said that. Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh was in a, a like a detective series where he was a uh, you know kind of a broken down detective working in the backwoods and oh you know, yes, I know what you're and, talking about. And and Hiddleston was in it for I don't know like you know four or five episodes as some sort of assistant. Yeah, he did a bunch of little movies before this. But the, uh, the he was fact in a Spielberg that, movie. He was. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The War Horse. Well, yeah, that was way after. But I mean, oh, was it after? Okay, War Horse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and well, maybe I'll check the numbers on that. But I mean, and and when you realize that Hiddleston had been working with uh, Kenneth Branagh back on a on you know one of the BBC series, you kind of go, oh, well, that's how he managed to nail that. That I mean, Branagh mm-hmm. sure had everything to do with casting of characters. So oh, yeah. And and so he was like, "Oh, this guy was great. We had a blast. Bring him in. Bring him in. This he he will he will kick this one out of the park." And he did, again. So I'm glad you ca- you called that out. Uh, while I don't think, I don't think that this movie is the best example of Thor and, no. and the characters of Thor. I no. do think that I the thing that we need to give Kenneth Branagh our thanks for is casting in this movie because the casting is so damn strong. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. really, you got some top names in this. Well, that's that's kind of the point I made. It's actually kind of a, a thing that hurts the movie. This is a rare example of overpowering your lineup. You've got incredible dramatic actors, and you've got actresses and actors in this role that only later can be fully vested. And I'm talking about comedically and just in terms of full performance. Uh, the, and then you have people that just get criminally underused in the movie. <laughs> and I'll give you the great two examples to me. Idris Elba. I don't think they do enough with him. No, no, they don't. And, and Renee Russo. 
Rene Russo's in this for a cup of coffee, basically. <laughs> yeah. Now you say uh, a powerful actor. I'm, I'm, I'm not in agreement on that one, but she's good. She's good. Um, she's and done some the really Thomas Crown affair. I mean, and bad. that's a good movie. You and I might disagree on this one, but that's a good movie and she's good in it. But she's also in, um, ransom. She plays great in that. Um, she's done a bunch of stuff over the years. Major league. I love her in major league, a great comedy. Um, sorry. I love my major league. She was boring. Fair enough. <laughs> but the person in this movie, so there's two examples of people that, uh, they're they're overpowered for the movie that they're in, but they but their approach is completely different. Anthony Hopkins and Natalie Portman. Anthony Hopkins actually plays pretty well in this movie. Uh, he takes Odin seriously and he actually plays it well. Uh, the scene where he and uh, Thor fight and you hear his voice break as he realizes his son is not worthy. That's actually really good. His scenes with Loki are incredibly well done. And then you get Natalie Portman. Uh, this is a paycheck series of movies. She did two movies, <laughs> uh, and she is uh, unbelievable. And I just couldn't help myself. I'm like, why did they pull Princess Amadaba Dubi Damala? You know, you just said why. <laughs> you just said why she was. She did not hit her stride yet. She had not gotten her Oscar yet, but she had been nominated a couple of times. And she's a respected actor. I've seen Black Swan. She didn't deserve an Oscar. Well, but what she had was name recognition and um, serious actor credibility, which is bullshit in this case. Because oh, come she, on, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Oh, well, how much of that uh, can we put on Lucas? Uh, yeah. All right. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. Put a lot of that on Lucas. Um, but she's just she is bad in this, and it's a character that could have been better. It's not that the character is written poorly; she plays it poorly. Um, there, there's to me the the best example of this. Number one is when she gets out the car the second time she hits Thor. Which I did love that little running gag of Jane Foster keeps hitting Thor with her car. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, she's not responding as somebody would if they've just hit somebody with their car again. Out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. Uh, but the worst example of this is after Thor gets um, resurrected near the end of the movie. She just That's kind of, a good look. Yeah. And she has this goofy-ass look when he's like, do you want to see it? Yeah. And she just bobs her head. It's 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 played so badly. Puppy dog. Um, I just I have to wonder what would have happened if they'd had somebody in there that gave a shit. I think you'd actually see Jane Foster in Kat more Dennings stuff. Could have done that better. Cat Dennings is awesome in this. I love Cat Dennings in this movie and in the second one. She's she's bringing her A game she, when it she, comes to comedy. She almost she almost stole that one. I'm not going to say almost. She does. <laughs> Cat Dennings does really I mean, well with the comedy I mean, in this I movie. Like, in second. I like Thor better than I like Dark Elf, you know? Yeah. Meow, meow? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great my line. favorite line, they took my iPod. I just put like 300 songs on that thing. <laughs> just little things like that. Um, 
Darcy's a great character. And it's a shame that Natalie Portman gave so little of a shit about being in these movies because at that point you lose her, you lose Darcy, you lose – Eric Selvig's kind of faded into the background now. You're not seeing him anymore. All of this I feel like because Portman didn't give a shit. And after the second movie especially, she was like, no, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And the fans were like, great. We didn't want to bring you back. Right. Whereas if you'd have had somebody in there that gave a crap about playing Jane Foster, who is, by the way, an incredibly good character nowadays in the comics. They have done things with Jane Foster in the comics that's amazing. You're not getting any of that in these movies anymore because Natalie Portman didn't want to play ball. And we were fine with but that, just like a you bigger said. Check wasn't it, or something like that? No, she was just like, no, this is stupid. I'm not doing this, especially after the Oscar. Oh, yeah. The Oscar didn't help matters. I I want to be a serious actress, and meanwhile, you got Robert Downey Jr. going, "You're stupid." You know how much I'm making. <laughs> you do that, they're gonna back up the truck full of money to my house, <laughs> yeah. bring it into the pool, and they're swimming it like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> That might be the worst Robert Downey Jr., but at least you knew who I was doing. Um, back, back it up. <laughs> back it on up. Hashtag blessed. Um, <laughs> all right. So, like I said, I love Hiddleston in this movie. I like Hemsworth, but he's not the best Thor in this movie. We see better versions of Thor later. And to be fair, that's how they wrote him. It's not how he plays him. It's how they wrote him. Um. You get a very serious Thor in this, and and you see you see Hemsworth breaking out of Thor at Avengers. Yes, I mean you, you you see him trying to shrug off this stale mantle that they stuck him with, mm-hmm. and and you know they were you could tell that they were unsure of letting him go on on Avengers. And then they realized what they had and did Ragnarok. Well, that's that's a difference in directors, too. Um, Uh, This movie is this movie is very much a Shakespearean drama. I've used that phrase a few times, but it's completely apt. Bronach knows Shakespeare. Bronach knows family drama and and strife. And you need that if that's the story you're telling in this movie. And to be fair, it's probably the best story you can tell. For this movie, Thor has to be banished. He has to become worthy again. All right. Makes perfect sense. You have to show why he earns it. Uh, Yes, it's classic Shakespearean that a man loses his honor, does everything he can to get it back. In the end, ultimate sacrifice, yada, 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 gets Mm -hmm. the girl, blows up the big tall robot. Yeah. Yeah. I remember reading that in Hamlet, too. Electric. Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh foul robot, tall and fair. I shall blow oh, you into yeah. the air. <laughs> Henceforth. Henceforth. Forsooth. <laughs> Forsooth. And, and, and boo. And thus we away. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry if that was an iambic pentameter, but fuck it. I just came up with it just now, okay? No, that was more like a limerick. But anyway. <laughs> oh, there once was thy man from Nantucket. So. <laughs> Hello. <clears throat> um, it is the movie that you kind of need to set that other stuff up, but because you see that other stuff in later movies, this one feels lesser for it, and it's a shame. 
it's just like I said, it's a missed opportunity. But there's one thing about this movie that there's absolutely no excuse for, and I want to see your thoughts on this. What the fuck were they thinking with the look of Thor in this? Dyed bed, dyed hair, they dye his eyebrows, they dye his beard. He looks he looks fake, like bad fake throughout I mean, the even, whole movie. Even when he's not being Thor and he's trying to be uh what was the character name he took on? Duncan? No. Uh Donald Dan- Blake. Donald, Donald Blake. You know. And and you and you see him with his almost mullet like hair and you're like it's standing straight out from his skull. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's more than just hairspray. This is a wig and a bad one. Yeah. Um, well, again, there's so many things. My wife, huge Chris Hemsworth fan, loves yeah, she- Thor. I told her I'm going to be watching Thor for this. And she's like, I want to sit down next to you. And I'm like, I'm not, starting till, I'm not starting till 11. I'm gone. She says, uh, <laughs> bye. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I, you know, and, um, it, it, it yeah, I, I went for the unintended payoff. The wife likes the guy. Maybe she snuggles up to me, you know, that kind of thing. And as other than do. that, as, other than that, I'm like, okay, there's a good moment. Oh, this is dragging. Oh, they're making it a human interest story. They're sitting on top of the roof of a building with a bonfire. Yeah. He's a problem here. Nobody. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, so you're uh, saying she wasn't into it. In other words, I wasn't. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you and I talked about this before we recorded was that this was, these two movies are not exactly the easiest to get through. No, and and I'm and I admit to being a little weak on some of the facts that I found. Uh, one due to time, and one due to really, I try to avoid this one. Yeah, um, and I I don't disagree. This one's a tough. This one's kind of a tough watch in terms of enjoyment compared to the other movies. But there and is I, and, and 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 the point you made of of the, the the amount of powerhouse talent they had in it. Kenneth Branagh, who who mm-hmm. caught my attention back when he did a a, a, a by a, well kind of a biography a biopic of um, uh, Schechter uh, uh, the the explorer Shackleford uh, no Ernst Shackleford Sha- no Shackleton 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 Ernst Shackleton uh, and and I'm thinking Rusty Shackleford yeah yeah and. I had the reason I had gotten interested in that, which was not a movie that did well. It only show it was only shown on like bi- biography, and I don't think it went anywhere else. Right, <clears throat> was that during a a a impromptu visit to the Chicago uh, Natural Science Museum, they had a display going on of the uh, uh, of the photos from that exploration. The guy was a genius with with a camera in the 1920s, and uh, I, being an amateur photographer, but you couldn't get me out of it. I was just stunned at the at, at what that guy could do. So here I am later on, and somebody's like, "Oh yeah, there's a biography, a thing about Ernst Shackleton." Oh really? And I watch it, and I'm like, 
wow, Kenneth Branagh is like, he's really taking this character. It was a little overacted on that, but I mean, you know, and so I knew him. So I knew him at Potter. I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. I've seen his work. He's really good. Oh, and he directed it. Cool. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So here I am at Thor. Kenneth Branagh, man, I've seen him at this, this, and all the other stuff he does. And he's got that, uh, that, that program. And, and, and then you got all the existing talent that, I mean, at the time I didn't know who Skarsgård was until I started going, wait. I've seen him before. Where have I seen him before? And more than just, you know, okay, what's he, what's he done on IMDb of, of happening to be watching Hunt for Red October, a family favorite around here, and going, whoa, he's playing a Russian submarine captain. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How? And he's got hair. Lots of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and uh, then starting to see him in other places. Then I saw him in some really dark, dark, holy crap, fucking dark. A, a, uh, Daniel Craig was part of it, but it was an, a, a Swedish driven, uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Something like that. Uh, I don't know if he was in that. No, he was. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, oh, he was. And he was evil. Ugh. And, and, and it really kind of shook my, but I like him. He can't be that evil thing, you know? See, I saw him for the first time back in 1990, uh, in a movie that he did with a bunch of other British actors. It was a comedy drama about a, uh, an acting troupe that, you know, knew each other in college and 10 years later they reunite and it's got Tandy Newton in it. Um, but, but I, I can't remember. I'll look it up after this and we'll talk about it separately. Um, but it's a great little movie. Um, and you know, he had done all those other things he had done. Uh, I want to say he'd done a couple of merchant night movies at that point or merchant ivory movies, excuse me. Um, so yeah, to your point though, you want somebody that can bring that kind of thing. He's your director. You, you, you had that. Okay, fine. You had, Natalie Portman, you had a name. You had Anthony, you know, the, 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 uh, 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 what was the, Lecter, uh, uh, Lecter Hopkins, Anthony Lecter Hopkins, uh, which, you know, everybody knew by that time. I mean, Jesus, he'd been in, I don't know how much. He'd already done, uh, the remake with, uh, Brad Pitt of, of Death Takes a Holiday. Uh, oh, meet Joe Black. Meet Joe Black, right? Um, you know, um, you know, it's it, it. So you had some serious powerhouses in there. Nah, Sam Jackson. You know, uh, no, that's right. He doesn't make. There was a reference to him. He didn't appear. Sorry. Yeah, Colson calls Nick Fury. Yeah, right, 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 right. So that makes him a guest star. Uh, <laughs> and I and I and I've come to like. Um, uh, Colson and, and, um, I can never remember his first name. Phil. His name is Phil. No, the actor's first name. I'm sorry. Oh, Clark oh. Gregg. Yeah. Clark Gregg. Uh, and there's another one that I'm like, Oh, and then you see him running around in private Benjamin. I think, um, I think he was in that. Oh God. I don't remember him in that, but I'll look it up. I think he was. It was a World War II thing. 
I doubt it was Wind Talkers. He is in one of my favorite movies uh, from the late 90s, early 2000s called State in Maine. It's William H. Macy as the director of this movie that comes to a small town to because there's this old mill that they need to use for the movie. Um, William H. Macy, Clark Gregg. Uh, I think Alec Baldwin is in it. Uh, it's 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 a great little comedy. I recommend it if you haven't oh, okay. seen it. Oh, all right. Well, anyway, um, well, and then of course you've got the big drop. Well, not the big drop, but the subtle drop with Clint Barton. I mean, you've got, you've got and and that actor at the time, Jeremy Renner. Have, yeah, he he didn't have legs until you know. Well, now now he's like everywhere. I mean, at the time he'd actually been Oscar nominated, The Hurt Locker. He was in the out. Hurt Locker. That's right. He had been, he was in the Hurt Locker with Anthony Mackie, who also joins the Marvel Universe later on. We'll talk about him in a few movies later That's down the road. Right, I'd forgotten. And he had just gotten nominated when they announced that he was going to take on the role of Hawkeye, and that he was going to have because it was a big deal that they had dropped Hawkeye into Thor because he wasn't originally intended to be in that movie. Well. When they realized, oh, wait a second, we got an Oscar nominee. Let's see if we can throw him in real quick. That's why Barton's scenes are all separate from everybody else in the movie. You only see him because they had him for like one night, and they set that up, did his shots, and he was done. (laughs) Standing in the rain. That's great. Now, wait a minute. You're bringing me on for one thing, and I got to be on a crane in the rain. Talking to myself. That's when he gets a check for it. Oh, look at the check. Ooh, never mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a glorified cameo, yeah. <laughs> so we haven't talked much about the plot of this movie, and let's let's talk about that a oh, little bit. Oh, it had bit. one? Oh, that's oh, right. It, it does. It's convoluted. And there are plot holes all through it, most especially when you th- start really taking apart Loki's plan. Now, Loki says that his plan is to embarrass his brother. And how do you embarrass the brother? In a, in a, in a podunk, podunk little, little planet. And that's going to bother who. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it occurs to me watching this movie, Loki's plan works far better than he ever thought it could, because he was planning a long game of, you know, after a while, father will see that I'm worthy of the crown. You know, by defeating the frost giants and wiping them off the face of the universe, I'll prove myself to be the the right person. Yeah, but and 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 you know, it part of it gets thrown by the fact that he kind of learns that he's part frost giant or all frost giant. Uh, part of it is frosty the snowman. <laughs> part of it's the fact that the way they've written Loki in these movies. He's not a bad guy. Let me rephrase. He's not a villain. And they've even gone back and and retro retro explained his Avengers appearance by saying he's under the thrall of Thanos. Uh, This is something that's actually officially part of Marvel's data on these movies. In this one, yes, he's jealous. In this one, yes, he is a trickster god and all that kind of stuff. And all of that still plays in. But he's not... You know, 
there are very human reasons for what he does. There's very understandable reasons for what he does. He has been in the shadow of his brother for all of these centuries. Bear in mind, they are centuries old at this point. And he's had to deal with this from in his family and all this kind of stuff. It's it. I'm not going to say Loki's a, a, an antihero or anything like that. But he's just not a villain to me. Am I wrong on this? Do you no. think? Okay. I, I mean, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, he's he's just out to make his brother look bad to whomever. Mm-hmm. And where the plot hole is is it's Earth. Uh, it's in Midgard. They said it's in Midgard, and it's like where? Does isn't one of the prime, you know, frost giant type planets or locations or universes or what have you. It's just, yeah, it's that ruddy third planet from the sun thing, you know? Yeah. And and that's where he makes his big stand. Who the hell cares? Well, not only that, but it it becomes very clear that Loki's very good at strategizing on the fly as the movie goes on. His initial plan goes kind of bust. Loki does not anticipate Thor getting banished. He also doesn't anticipate Thor being a complete fucking tool to his dad either. <laughs> but, okay, make the best of it. Thor, uh, dad's dead, and mom says you gotta stay here forever. Okay, problem solved. Oh, wait a second. Um, you mean Sif and the Warriors 3, the four people that are closest to Thor, have fought alongside him for centuries and will do anything to help him? They're not going to listen when I say just stay here, don't go to Earth, for God's sakes, leave them alone, uh, order from the king, yada, yada, yada. Okay. Well, at least Heimdall's going to – oh, wait, you mean Heimdall is also going to go against the sworn oath to the king? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I got other ideas. Let's see if I can do stuff here to make this work. And uh, uh, Shit. Okay, well, clearly Thor's never going to come back. Oh, fuck, Thor's back. Yeah. Okay. Wait a minute, no. Oh, shit. <clears throat> oh, shit. Yes. That was from... Ragnarok. Spaceballs. Ragnarok. Oh, uh, yes, it is in Ragnarok, too. Oh, um, <laughs> so, you know, Loki's, Loki's the smarter of the two. Let's be honest. It's not that Thor's an idiot, either. But Loki <laughs> is the smarter of the two when it comes to strategy. Will you never fall for that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the snake description in Thor Ragnarok is still one of my favorite lines from any of these. Um, let me talk about what might be one of my favorite moments in the movie real quick. And it's the scene where Thor fails to lift Mjolnir out of the ground. Uh-huh. It is one of those things where um, it's a turning point. Thor realizes he's not worthy to pick up Mjolnir anymore that he has not earned the right. And then you get that excellent scene with Loki and Thor where Loki's telling him, Hey, Odin's dead and you can't come home. That scene is remarkably well done because you get Hemsworth who is acting his ass off and doing really well, demonstrating clear remorse and clear realization that his life is a lie, which it, turns out it's not entirely as we find out later but then you get loki who 
does the yeoman's work of convincing Thor and does it remarkably well. And it's because of Hiddleston's performance there. Hiddleston is clearly the MVP in this movie to me. Yep. 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 I mean, he, he owned it. He, he fell into it very well. Mm-hmm. Now you see him, now you see him and you, you hope to God they never replace Loki with anyone else. I don't yeah. think he'd put up with it, but um, I mean, yeah, it's one of those. Well, there, there are certain things we've put, we've talked about of who who is perfectly suited for these roles, and Robert Downey Jr. Bingo, Loki, yep. absolutely. He'll have his own movie. He's got to have his own movie. Well, he's going to have his own TV show, and oh. it's going to be Hiddleston playing him. Oh, don't do that to him. Oh, uh, it's going to be on one of the apps. God. It's going to be on one of the apps so they can do more. Oh, because they're just going to dumb it fucking down. I know they might. Um, they might. I don't know. We're going to see what they do. But um, Why did there you... is a moment also with Loki where my point of him not being a villain is made very clearly by the movie itself. It's towards the end of the movie, uh, Thor is facing the destroyer and he says, look, you want to do you want to do stuff? Then then kill me. But save them and let them go. A villain would have killed him anyway and gone after everybody else that could theoretically come after him. Sif and the Warriors 3 is an example. That doesn't happen here. Loki is at this point. Okay. That's you're you're making that offer. I will honor that. There is a level of honor with Loki. Believe it or not, it doesn't always come out, but when it does, it's very clear, like in this scene. And it's going to be, okay, I, this is between you and me. It will stay between you and me. And I just thought that was really well done in that moment. Sorry, I mean, other than appreciation of the care, some, of the, uh, some of the actors. Mm-hmm. And wanting to see, I would have liked to see more Sif. Yes, um, Sif and the Warriors Three in general could have been. They're assets been in this movie, and they could have been. That could, they, they could have been fun. Um, uh, uh, Jamie Alexander, uh, you know, I didn't realize owned the character so well until I saw her on on television uh, for Shield, and you kind of go, "Oh yeah, you know, she's not actually that bad." She's, no, pretty she's pretty damn good. good. She's pretty damn good. And while I'm sure everybody was feeling the loss of how darn she's not around because, well, she was out. She's out making her own money. I have sixth season now with that goofy tattoo show. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> playing Jane Doe. Uh, and you can't falter. I mean, the woman's got to make a living somehow. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long do you want to play B characters? Sure, it's a lot of fun to stand on set, but you know, like these other guys, they're getting like, you know, gazillion dollars, and and I got, uh, I got a nice check, but I didn't get a yep. gazillion dollars on it. You know? No, you're not wrong at all on this. Um, I would like to see more Sif at some point. We're probably not going to see the Warriors three anymore. No, 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 no. But I wouldn't mind seeing more of Sif. Um, definite assets to the movie to the to to the other movies as well Um, she was great on shield i remember seeing her on there Um, it's 
Um, it's a shame that we're not going to likely see her that much more. And I'm going to throw this out there. I talked about the villain problem earlier. Uh, the early villain problem um, demonstrates one more thing. The early villain does prove correct. The Frost Giant talks about the fact that um, Thor is impetuous and a child, and this is true. And Loki gains upper hands in the overall story because of this. And Loki certainly has reason to be pissed at Odin. You know, we see that later on, too. Excuse me. This is another example of the villain being right. And there's nuance to this. And that's pretty cool uh, that we have that in this movie. There's some nuance to the villains and stuff. Because let's face it, the Frost Giants, they were perfectly content to not do shit with Odin and them after they got their ass handed to them until Loki starts sending messages to them saying, hey, let's see if we can work together here. So, again, long game for Loki. Frost Giants are just like, look, we didn't want any part of this. Y'all brought this. So, um, Frost Giants get taken out. Destroyer comes to Earth to go after Thor. Kills Thor, but Thor proves himself worthy with his sacrifice. Meow Meow flies out of the crater, comes back to Thor, brings him back to life. Thor dispatches with the Destroyer, leaves Earth, and returns to the final showdown, so we think, between Thor and Loki. Now, what did you think about that fight? Um, Hammer versus Spear? A little bit of something like that. Kinda hard to believe. Okay. Um, I would have thought with the Spears' reach, that would have been a done deal. <laughs> that should have been over pretty damn quick. Um, magic of the hammer, maybe I don't know. Um, I I got the impression. That that while they're supposed to be great warriors, it it appeared that the act of combat was a little awkward to Hiddleston. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe it was because, all right, this freaking thing is over six foot tall. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> Hiddleston proves himself to be a better screen fighter in later movies. And uh, yes, 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 and yes. Maybe it was also, this helmet is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Loki helmet, it's it's from the comics. I know why they have it. It is fucking dumb. It really is. I, I can't argue with you on that at all. It's really dumb. It looks stupid. There's no purpose to it. It's just, oh, he's he's the trickster god. He's got the, the horns got, of the trickster got, god. He's got fucked up horns. <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, I can't disagree with you on that. Um, Thor does end up stopping Loki from destroying the fro uh, Frost Giant's world by breaking the Rainbow Bridge. In the process, Loki... Um, Many midget, no midgets were ever were, were, were harmed in the breaking of this movie. Jeez. Uh, in the process... Oh, come forward. on. Come on. Oh, no, I'm moving forward. In the process... 
Uh, on, I just thought of that now. I mean, oh, on. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep a straight face. In the process, uh, Thor and Loki nearly fall to their death. Odin arises from the Odin sleep to save them, but Loki falls to what is... Oh, yeah, I never understood the whole... Come on, the Odin sleep. Uh, That's a convenient thing. It is. It's a plot device from the comics. It's meant to be something that takes Odin out of the story for a while. It's from the comics, so they could take Odin out of the comics for a while, so that Thor can rise and be the hero and leader he's meant to be. It's not great. I agree with you on that. Um, but he conveniently wakes up upon Thor's, uh, breaking of the rainbow bridge. The movie ends with Thor longingly wanting to be back with Jane, Jane longingly wanting to be back with Thor and working on her sciencey stuff. Now that she's got all of her sciencey stuff back from shield. Yes. Those are technical terms. <laughs> and that's where the movie ends until the end credit scene where we get introduced to the Tesseract. And what happens here is Dr. Eric Selvig is brought in by Nick Fury, who does finally make an appearance in the movie, uh, shows him this artifact that shield has had in its possession for a while. They don't tell you how long, but we do learn later. Uh, and much later, 20 years. Uh, we learn later that Shields had it for over sixty at this point, almost seventy. Oh, that's uh, right. Found in the ice. Yeah. yeah. And we learn that Loki is alive. And we learn that Thor will return in the Avengers, which I think is the first mention of the Avengers in any of the movies in terms of this person will appear next here. We would see like Iron Man will return or Tony Stark will return, but this is the first yeah. time the Avengers gets called out. I wonder if somebody was pulling that one from James Bond. They've been doing that for they've I don't know how since. long. They've done it since. Yeah. Um, I thought the introduction of the Tesseract was enticing and appealing enough to where uh, at the time I was thinking, ooh, what the hell is this? Because I didn't know anything about it. I understand I'm coming from comics – now, quite a bit separate from those stories where the Tesseract, which is based on the Cosmic Cube, uh, comes from. So to see this and to know that there was going to be more with that and to see Loki was alive, uh, I was pleased with that. Hmm. Um, overall, I thought this movie, and I want to get your thoughts on this as well. Like I said, this movie is what it needs to be and yet still a wasted opportunity. It's what it needs to be in terms of introducing those characters, but in terms of being the best Thor movie we could get, we learn much later. No, they can do a lot better and they do. So what do you think on that? Uh, I don't know, man. I'm a little burned out right now. Um, the the, the uh, I don't have much for Thor. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I mean, until Ragnarok, I I could I I could do without. So, Fair enough. And and Ragnarok wasn't carried by the full Thor cast. Uh, also true. They cut yes. a lot of weight off. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know they. 
I, I, I don't necessarily think the numbers were paying off the way they were anticipating. I mean, you you're go, not wrong with that. You, you go to, you know, uh, 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 Mikey, the, the dark elf, uh, and, and you're kind of, and for me, that was, that was, Oh, good. Another chance. Maybe Thoral. Uh, 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 come on. Where's the popcorn? You know, <laughs> so I, 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 they had, they, they had the talent until, and, and they just needed to put them in the right group to make it yes. work. I'd agree with you. I would agree with you on that. I mean, once they put, once, once, once they got Selvig out of Thor and put him in Avengers, it got better. And, I agree. and, and Natalie Portman up, up, eh, we dropped her off there. That's okay. And, and, and Hiddleston, I mean, really, I mean, how much screen time against, uh, did he have against, uh, uh, uh Helmsworth? Not, not that much yet. You, you know, you see him in Avengers and almost none. And you're like, he is stealing this out from under everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think they had good talent, wrong mix. And when they put them in a the right mix, all those came to their, their feet. And that's and, a great way of putting it. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, let's wrap these up. Let's go again and get our stand rating out. The Stanley ratings, of course, folks, as we mentioned, um, five stand rating scale, and uh, one stand is a no prize. Five stand is an Excelsior. Uh, if if we agree, and we're going to talk about that, but the uh, final Stanley rating, the True Believer rating, you'll get in a minute. So let's first go with Iron Man two. How many stands do you give it, sir? Uh, I'm on a fence on this one, uh, but I'm going to hold down at three. Okay. Average. Average. Better. Better than some, not the best showing. I mean, I, 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 I went the full boat for, for Iron Man one. So, yeah, I, uh, I gave it three as well. I thought that it's not a bad movie, but the excesses are way too much. And there's way too many people making really dumbass decisions throughout the movie. But I like the tech. I want the tech. I want the semi-see-through view screens. I want that. I want to know how that's done. I want to make that happen. Well, they're working on it. They are working on it. <laughs> uh, so that gives it a true believer scale rating of three stands. We both agreed. Yes. So let's move to Thor. Um, I'll go with my stand rating first. I gave it three stands as well. It's a decent movie with great Shakespearean drama, but later uses of Thor and Loki go to show just how much they had to offer. And this movie does suffer in comparison. Uh, like you said, Great people needs better combos. So what's your rating on this one? They just didn't have the ingredients to make the right drink, and I'm going to have to drop it to it, too. Okay. I mean, it is... Of the 22, soon to be 22 movies, it's pretty much number one of the one I don't want to watch. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, so that puts it square in the center. Uh, true believer rating of two and a half stars. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's fair. I really do. It's it is it is maybe the most average of any of the movies. 
In other words, if this had been a non-Marvel superhero movie, I'm sorry for the noise there. Yeah. Uh, if this had been a non-Marvel superhero movie, it might rate better for me. But they had already established quite a bit in terms of how good they could make the movies, and we see much, you know, much better quality as the movies go on. So two and a half stars to me feels about right for this, too. I agree with you on that. Uh, that's our truly rating, folks. Which is a damn shame for Kenneth Branagh. I mean, you know, yeah. other stuff you've seen from him, you go, wow. I mean, uh, the remake of the Orient Express, another great one. I, I enjoyed that, that is one. a good movie. I, I enjoyed that so much. And you go, wow. Yep. So. Well, with that, folks, that's going to wrap it up for these two movies. Coming up next, next week, we've got two of the big ones. Uh, the ending of Phase 1 comes with Captain America, the first Avenger, and wraps up with the big one, the Avengers. Yes. And I'm going to tell you now, I'm looking forward to watching I'm, these I'm, two again. I'm, I'm looking more forward to Avengers, but yeah. It, actually, if you take them both, it's all one movie. It kind of is. Yeah, you know. It kind of is. Oh. Well... I think that wraps it up for us, sir. Do you have any uh, final thoughts? No, I'm brain fried. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I, Given I, what you were telling I, I kinda, me beforehand. I kind of peeked out around the middle of Thor. So, <laughs> Sorry. Fair enough. <laughs> well, folks, if you do have any thoughts for this, please let us know. We're happy to hear them. Uh, you can message us at finleysthoughts at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our Twitter feed where you'll learn when the next uh, episode comes out every week at Finley's Thoughts on Twitter. Uh, We will be back next week. We will be talking those two movies and wrapping up phase one. So until then, for Walker, this is Finley. Thank you very much, folks. We appreciate it. We'll see you next time. We're out. See you again, true believers. Excelsior. Excelsior, yes, yes.